0: When, when we deal with with our life at times um, there's a lot of exciting things um, successes that we have, uh, new experiences and then there's times in life that are that are frankly pretty scary uh, things that come our way, the pressures of life, uh, stress and life, just like that lady said uh, at times is is a balancing act it 's trying to figure out all the different things that we have to do and, and how do we we balance all of them last week we We began talking about, despite all these things that we have going on in all the different parts of our life, God wants us to to really have success in life. He wants our lives to count, and He encourages us and challenges us to to make our lives worthy of the calling that He's given to us. Um, We talked about what we invest in and how that's very important. We have to choose what we invest in wisely, and then also... Um, how we treat people and how we treat people really determines um, also the outcome of our of our lives this morning we 're going to focus a little bit more on what it means to actually to grow If you have your listening guide, I encourage you to take that out uh, feel free to to follow along if you would like. Uh, growth is something that we should all set our our goal uh, in life it should be to grow um, as you experience life and as you uh, enter in a relationship with Him, or if you're still checking out what it means to follow Christ as the boss of your life, know this, God wants you to grow. Uh, God doesn't want you to stay in the same place that you are now, uh, a year from now. And He doesn't want you to be the same a year from now than 10 years from now. There's really a sense that as you enter in a relationship with God, He wants to move you from where you are in your understanding, in your place in life, and He really wants to move you forward. This morning we're going to look at, how do we do that and look at scriptures that really encourage us to choose the path that, that leads to to growth? So we, we need to set our goals to grow. Um, we looked at this this passage in Ephesians four last week, which Paul uh, wrote to a church in Ephesus. And Paul was a first century church starter. And he is basically giving him the big picture of this is what your life needs to be about. And he ended in verse 13 when we talked about last week about how oneness ...is really what God desires for us. Although we have different roles to play, God wants us to be one... ...so we can move forward and accomplish what he's given us. Well, in verse 14, he's now describing why it's so important that, that we are one together. And we'll find that, that the part of oneness is really tied to, to how we move forward. And he says this in verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves... ...and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their de- deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. If you're wanting to find out how to please God or honor him, you you set your heart to grow. That That's really what, what honors God. Setting our heart to, I am going to move forward and figure out how to be more mature in my walk with God than I I have been. It's basically forward progress. That, that really is honoring to God. This uh this verse in, in verse 14 is talking about infants that are that are tossed about by a wave. If you've ever been to the beach and you've been with a wave that's bigger than you, what's that experience like? It's kind of like a gymnast in the Olympics, right? You're underneath the water and you're doing twirls and somersaults like you never thought possible. And you come out of the water and you're like, I need to head to the shore. And then it's just water. And You turn around, and you're the shore and you don't know where you are. You're not sure which way is up. You, you think you might have done a double lux triple somersault. I just made that up. I don't even know if that's really a move, but uh, you, you're tossed about. Well, just like when we go to the beach and we we get flinged about by bigger waves and we realize, wow, we're not as big as we thought we were. That's that's how we are when we enter in a relationship with God. When we enter in a relationship with God, we are spiritually an infant. We are immature, and with that comes a lot of opportunities to, to make right choices and a lot of opportunities to make wrong choices. And this scripture is basically saying you need to watch out for those big waves in life, the waves of, of a lot of different opinions on what's right, the waves of how to handle your problems, how to be successful, all these different waves that come about that Paul is encouraging these, these Christians to to not let the wave get you, but, but really focus on planting your feet on, on the floor. And that's what we're going to talk about a little later. So uh, God wants us to grow so we're not tossed about to and fro. Uh, there's a lot of different opinions that, that we have in, in our lives. Uh, you turn on the TV and you, you hear one, one view of, of how to move forward. You listen to the radio, you hear another view. And there's all sorts of different ideas of what it means to, to move forward in life. And when you come into relationship with the God, you find out there's also a lot of different views that people have as you tune in different forms of media. What Paul's saying is, is don't don't be distracted, but focus on what the Bible says is the path to grow. And that's what I encourage you to do this morning as we we move along. So God wants growth that's spiritually and numerically. God wants to grow you beyond where you are. Um, and with that, he wants you to be able to share that with others as you've seen God work in your heart and change your life, and your values, and your perspective, God wants you to, to share that with others, and share how God has made a difference in your life, so not only does God want to grow you up individually, but he also wants you to share that with other people, because God's desire is really that, that all those come to know him, God is a God that, that wants to be in a relationship with, with all of us in this world, and part of how we do that is as we move forward, we share how God has changed us with other people. So it's spiritual growth within, and it's numeric as well as as the family of God grows. The opposite of growth is to be childlike, um, and in childhood there's there's a naivety and instability. Uh, part part of the goal is, as parents is to move your child beyond a naive view of life, um, a unstable view of life. You you really want to to move them into adulthood. So that when they, they're faced with decisions in life, they know what to do. They're not going to just freak out as, as life comes. Like this, this lady with all these different things in her life, part of her maturity is figuring out how, how to balance this. Well, kids, they don't know how to balance all those areas. That's why they have parents that, that help them and guide them in life. Well, spiritually, we, we also want to bo- move beyond just this childhood naivety or instability where we think this is the right way to go and then when we get here we're like that's not right and we get here and what we're doing is we're just spending our time going sideways to and fro just like the waves and we're not actually moving forward the bible is encouraging us to actually set on the path to growth and and continue in it colossians 2 8 uh, describes what can happen to us if if we're not careful and it says see to it that no one takes you captive." Through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. Basically, don't believe too much, too easily. Have you ever seen Pinocchio? You find that his life didn't go well because he didn't have discretion. He just kind of went about life and he got in a lot of trouble. Well, sometimes in our lives, if we're not careful to to really Follow what the Bible says is true and right. We can kind of become a, a spiritual Pinocchio where we're not quite sure what to do and how to move forward. And we kind of buy into a lot of different things. And before we know it, we've wasted, wasted our life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to, to waste my life. I want to make my life count. So how do we do that? Well, we we press on to maturity. Maturity is Christ-like character and actions. When we dig into scripture and we see that the way Christ related to people, when we see what he values, we begin to choose those values over of our own. And part of the way that we get past immaturity is is whom we heed. Uh, each of you have people in your life that are that are over you. Uh, we talked about that a little last week. You have leaders in your life, whether they're at work, whether they're at home, um, in other relationships. There's people that are over us that we have to choose to heed and as we heed them we find we actually make a lot of progress than we can by ourselves. Uh, Acts 2 41 through 42 is describing kind of the the initial spread of Christianity. In the early church uh, Jesus Christ had come and he had a ministry and he he died on the cross and he was buried and he rose again on the third day so we may have a relationship with him and he forgave us of our sins and And what was happening is people were hearing about this person, Jesus Christ, and the disciples were sharing about what it meant to be in a relationship with him. And this passage describes that people who were interested in in finding out what it means to have a relationship with God, they listened and that their lives were changed. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized. Uh, His is Peter. Peter was talking. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They've devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So part of these people's growth was because they decided to listen to truth that was presented to them as the disciples were, were showing them, uh, this is life in Jesus Christ. They decided to heed that because of that, they changed their life. They, they, they got together with these people. They, they ate with these people. They prayed together and The initial seed of growth was planted. So the people in your life that um, are over you spiritually are are very important. They really will help you move forward if you choose uh, to listen to them. Hebrews 13.7 also describes that. It says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. If you're really interested in, in growth, in growing closer to what it means to be a a follower of Christ, then one of the ways that you do that is you pay attention to people that are wiser than you. Uh, this passage is basically saying you want to copy the people whose lives you can see. Have you ever watched a movie and there's a hero in the movie? And, you, you know, if you're a guy, you watch some epic movie where he saves the world and he gets the girl at the end and you're like, man, he's my hero. And you want to be like him? And you think, you know... We'd be really cool friends. I'm letting you in my, my world right now. Bear with me. Um, you know, this is my hero. We, man, that is so cool. And you, kind of, you tend to just play the story in your mind. You remember the first time where it hit you like, that person's not real. They're an actor. It's kind of depressing. You mean they wouldn't talk to me? No. Unless I paid them. That's not a hero. That's an actor. What this scripture's saying is, 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 a lot of times we tend to look for these, these heroes that have nothing to do with actually our lives. And we can miss the people that God has placed in our lives right now that, that they may not be heroes in the sense that they're saving the world with a sword in one hand and the Bible in the other. But, but they're in the little stuff really honoring God in the way that they handle their responsibilities. So if you want to know who to, to pay attention to, look at the people in your life who take God seriously and you can see... Across the board, have have really found success in different areas. They have good marriages, good families, uh, they work hard. Those are the people that you want to to get around and you want to learn from them. So that's one of the keys is is not only does God want us to grow, but he's going to give people to us in our lives that we need to choose to pay attention to. And they'll greatly help us move forward in life as we move past our immaturity. So what what are the, the keys to growth? In Scripture, it, it's not a it's not a puzzle. A lot of times, it's it's confusing. We find it. Well, I'm I'm at the same place I've been. I want to move forward. How do I do that? Well, Paul, further in this passage in Ephesians four, describes these are the things that you can do that will help you move forward. Uh, verse 15, i fifteen. I've I've already mentioned it says instead speaking the truth in love we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head that is Christ. So one the first key to growth is. Speak the truth in love. Um, I have people in my in my own life that are mentors to me. That they are further down the road. They've had a longer track record with walking with God than I have. When I talk to them about certain things I'm going through, I always end up the conversation thinking, Have they ever experienced this? Because isn't there an element of us where, as we deal with things, we don't want to be the first person in the history of the world to ever experience that? We don't want to be a weirdo is really what it is. And so as we talk with people and we, you know, this is what I'm going through and, and I just don't know what to do. Have you ever had a person that just says, you know, I, I've experienced that myself. And they quote a verse, you know, they say something, like John 14, 9. And you're just sitting there like, oh, I don't know what that is. And you're just, wait for it, wait for it. And then they tell you. And all of a sudden, your situation and you think you're maybe the only person that's gone through it and you're kind of struggling. They, they listen to you, they give you this, this scripture and it, it speaks right to your situation. So that, that is like one of the most refreshing things in the world. Because what you find is, is that that actually is the practical step to move in the middle of this, this problem, this concern. And, and that's what speaking the truth in love. It's taking the scripture, what God has commanded us to do and encouraging people with that. Whether it's a hard choice, or as people are making the hard choices, encouraging them in that. People in my life that have done that, it, it just encourages me to, to keep moving forward. And each of us are commanded to do that. We're supposed to speak the truth and love to each other. So, truthing and love is basically as we're, as we're going about our life, we're doing things that line up with truth, what's in the scripture. And then as we speak, we do things that line up with the scripture as well. So there's the speaking and there's the doing. That's what truthing and love really, really is. Uh, Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. So if, if you want to to move forward, growing in wisdom means you, you see how God has wired things together and, and you walk in it and you take God seriously. If you want to know how to do that, you get with people that are doing that. But if you kind of want to stay in the same place, the scripture says then hang out with, with fools. Hang out with people that, that don't really care about growth. And you will be that same way. So we, we need a truth and love. That's one of the, the keys to growing. Speaking the truth to each other. The, the second thing is each part needs to do its part. And we talked a little bit about that as uh, we talked about unity and the importance of that in the church. Uh, and Paul reiterates this again. In Ephesians 4.16. And he says, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So there's that love again. The reason we're one is because of the love of God. And as we love each other, that that binds us together. This verse has a lot of references to to teamwork. We're, We're supporting, we're building, we're growing. There's not an element of which we are... We are alone trying to figure out how to grow. Our growth is very much tied to being connected to each other as we do our part. This morning, I had a bowl of cereal. And the way the food was in my mouth is my hand went in to the cereal. My hand grabbed the spoon. My muscles and bones worked together. And I ate. If I didn't have a hand, I wouldn't be eating. Or at least cleanly. I mean, I could stick my face into it. But no one wants to see that. But that's part of what this scripture is saying. It's giving reference to the body. That if the hand isn't getting the food, then you're starving. So each one of you has a role that God has given. And the scripture is basically saying you have to choose to live that role out in the different arenas of your life. Based on on your gifting and how you're wired and how God has has basically placed you in in the world that, that you're in. Within your family, your work. As you do that, you need to do your part. And what's interesting is it's saying it's we have a choice. So we have to choose to participate with others. It's a lot easier to just kind of stay off in the distant and just not participate. But what the scripture is saying is if you choose not to participate, you will not grow. That's a challenge to all of us. We we all need to make sure we're... We're either the hand, or we're the mouth, or whatever we, which part we are, we need to make sure we are, we're living that part out. Um, Luke 6:38 talks about the idea of, of giving and receiving, and this is kind of talking, um, in like giving, like financially, but it really relates to other areas as well. Luke 6:38, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured uh, to you. Basically, it's saying as you as you don't hold back and you really extend yourself to meet the needs of people, you'll find that you get your needs met. And I've seen this in my life. There's been times when I, I've i been blessed with certain things, whether it's a material, um, money, whatever that is. And as as I've given and, and chosen to do that, I find that... that I, other people have done the same to me. You ever experienced that? You, you know, you make that hard choice and you're like, well, you know what? I'm just going to do this because God tells me I need to give to people and to help them out. There's those times in your life when you are now the person that, that is in need. What the scripture is saying is as you've given and done your part and people give and do their part, there's times when you're giving and there's times that you're receiving. And you, you can't get this picture anywhere else in life. This is what happens when God brings people together at different times in different situations. There's time when you are giving. There's time that you're receiving. There's times when you have. There's times when you're in need. And God makes sure everyone's need gets met as we do our part. If we don't do our part, somebody's needs may not be getting met. And so what you find is we really do play a role. And what, what we do really does matter in the way that we, we contribute and participate in what God's doing. So as we set our goal to grow in life, and as we decide that, you know, what, I'm not going to be the same person I've always been. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to make my life count. It, it doesn't just happen by by saying it. It really happens by a couple things. We have to change our mentality and we have to change our ways. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19 paints a picture of uh the Gentiles. Gentiles were these people that didn't know God. They didn't have a relationship with God. And he's painting a picture of, of what their lives are like. And this description is really how all of us are before we entered a relationship with God. And even after we enter a relationship with God, the struggle that's in, in our hearts between doing what we want to do and doing what, what is right before God. Ephesians 4.17 says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. That word hardening could mean blind hearts or a callous heart. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. This, This isn't really a put-down as much as it is a description of, of our heart. There's just something in us that says, get what you can get at any cost. And as you get, get more. It's just this, this growing lust to get pleasure, to get what we want. And you really find this in, a, in an early age. Is, is when we're born in this world, we have this, this lust for more. Uh, my daughter is 16 months uh, months old. And this morning I had this very experience. I've experienced it a few times. And she's in this mode where she wakes up and the first thing she thinks about is how she can get her hands on a cracker to eat it. And so we I, I, I carried her into the kitchen to get her breakfast. You know, hi, how are you doing this morning? Cracker, cracker. And she knows where the cabinet is. Cracker. And she can walk up to it and she opens the cabinet. She can grab the box and cracker. And so I'm like, okay, well, we'll get you a cracker for breakfast. So I get her a cracker. She's got one in one hand, one in another hand, and her mouth full. Don't ask me how it's possible. As her mouth's full, she's thinking, cracker? And she wants more. And so I point down and I say, you've got a cracker right there. And so she eats it as fast as she can, just so her hand is empty. You know, I thought, I'm like, you have a cracker factory right here. There are so many crackers you have. You could never need any more. But there's an element of which she doesn't have enough. Because she's thinking, this may be the last cracker I ever have. <laughs> but that really, it's not just, in my daughter, I, I find that in me as well. There's things that I want. And as, as I get it, it's, I want it more. Maybe it's something that I don't have that I really want, or just that thing out there that, that will just make life a lot easier, whatever that is. And so what the scripture is saying is we have to move beyond that. That is that is a description of people who do not know God. That's why entering into a relationship with God is the best decision we make. Because we have more than just that desire to get what we want. God, God fills that desire and shows us that there's more to life than just that longing for what we don't have. So we've got to change our mentality and our ways. And God has called us to change now. He says you must no longer live. Basically stop with what you're doing and change have you ever tried to eat right it's always better to eat right tomorrow right in my own life it's like if i have a bad breakfast well you know i've already blown it for breakfast i'll start tomorrow and then what you find is tomorrow is tomorrow and the next day is tomorrow and you never start spiritually we need to change now and god shows us how to do that um ephesians 4:22 through 24 You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This idea of putting off the old self is in the original language it was written in Greek basically means stop having conversations with yourself that are not true. You find yourself doing that in, in your head sometimes where you're, you're speaking to your situation and you're saying, well, this is never going to happen because I'm like this, or this is going to happen because I'm like this, or this person is doing it because of this. And you find that you're, you're speaking a whole lot of things that aren't really true. The scripture is saying, stop. Sometimes we speak so much falsehood to ourselves that, that we don't know how to change our mentality in our ways because we don't have the truth. Because we have to filter just this desire and this, this arrogance that's built in us to get what we want. We now have to, to find a better way. So the first thing is we, we need to put off the old self which just stop having conversations with ourself that, that's not true. Um, the next thing is we need to change our perspective. How do we do that? Well, in Ephesians 4.23 it says, Be made new in the attitude of your minds. This idea of being, being made new is, is talking about to renovate. The way we change our mentality and our way, the way that we move forward, is we actually need to renovate the way that we think and approach life. If you've ever renovated a house, you have to determine what you want to keep, what you want to throw away, what you want to move, what you want to keep in the same place, and you're, you're determining. Well, that's kind of how it is when we enter a relationship with God. There's certain ways that we've always done things. Part of the way that we change is we have to determine what really lines up with what is true and what doesn't. If it doesn't line up with what's true, according to the scripture, according to the Bible, now we have to make the choice. Being made new in the attitude of our mind is now looking at what doesn't line up and discarding it just like we would an old couch that doesn't really fit anymore. We have to discard it. That's part of renovating. Uh, Randy's going to talk a little bit more next week about what it means to change your perspective and our values. Um, really, we do that as we dig into Scripture. It's kind of like we, we've got our own life with our own way of doing things, our own way of viewing, and we see this, this limited scope. And we just say, okay, this is the way we're going to go. This is what makes sense to me. This is what I'm going to do. When you dig into Scripture, this tunnel vision that you once had, you, you now see a whole other perspective. You, you see a whole other road that, that really is, is better. You see different values. And, and part of what getting into Scripture is seeing those values, seeing them lived out in other people and seeing how it really is better. And you make a choice to live that out. That's how our perspective begins to change as we dig into Scripture. So once we change our perspective... What then happens is we, we change our patterns. There's things in me that it seems like I, I've i always done. I always have struggled with. And you know, it's easy to get discouraged spiritually. Just I can't move ahead. I can't move beyond where I am. And you know, you, you feel like you're stagnant. You're, you're never making the progress you want to make. And that you, you sense God is encouraging you to do. Well, big part is as you... Allow the scriptures to change the way you look at things. To change your values of things. It then needs to permeate. Now it changes what you actually do. And this is really dropping the old. You drop the old pattern. You get a new perspective and then you get new behavior. That's what putting on the new self. Uh, your speech changes. Your attitude changes. Because your perspective changes. One of the things in my own life, how this lived out practically is... There's things that I say with my mouth that I should never say. Scripture talk, talks, that, talks about that as being unwholesome. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth in Ephesians 4. Well, there's things in my, my life where I just want to say something, and it's not, it's not wholesome. And so my perspective is, okay, I'm not supposed to let any of this talk come out of my mouth. That's what the Scripture teaches me. And then what I see is is as I do let unwholesome things come out of my life, it really messes up things in my relationships. And so I'm suffering the consequences of that bad choice. What Paul is saying is, is as you see your way and how it's destructive. As you begin to see that there is another way, like actually using words that build each other up and you choose that. Your speech begins to change because after a while you realize, you know what? unwholesome talk affects my relationships doesn't help that it doesn't help me in any way it doesn't help me move forward in life affects the way i'm at work because people are always offended by what i say so you realize there's another way and you live out that new way and your speech begins to change that's what this process of growth is god takes you from where you are and he moves you forward and that really is is what real growth is all about um, so how, how do we have the power to change? It, it is not just within us. We don't have something just within us when we're born that, that helps us to change. We only change as we allow God and the resources he has. As we allow him to change us, we actually do change. I've seen that in my own life and in the lives of others. And there's some things on, on the bottom of your listening outline If you're interested in really finding out how to grow and how to change your life, these are things that that will do that. First thing is daily read your Bible. Uh, There's a few passages you can read there that talk about this. There's no way you can change your perspective with your old perspective. You have to get a new perspective. Where do you find that? In the Word of God. You just can't get past that. There's not any other way than... To get a new perspective, than in in the Word of God, if you really want to grow. Uh, the second thing is daily prayer. In my own life, this is a, where I'm I'm trying to to wrestle with these things with God. As you know, God, I just read that you, you really think the way I talk is important, and I'm struggling with this. You know what? I've done this wrong. I confess that to you, and you find that prayer really helps you connect what you're reading. As you read the scripture and you see this new perspective, as you pray with God, you find that you begin to see how it can, can live out as, as he brings things to mind that you could change. So I encourage you, if, if, if you've not spent time uh, reading the Bible, a good place to start. You can start with the book of Proverbs. It's got some real interesting things on, on life. And it's 31 um, chapters. So you can read it in a month. Now, if you're in a month with 30 days, what do you do? You've got to find a new book. Sorry. No, just read two chapters at the end of the, the last day. But Proverbs is a good book, place to start, uh, the book of James. It's very practical. Uh, start with three minutes a day of reading the Bible. Just start with a little and, and watch God, watch God grow that. The same with prayer. Um, just begin with talking to God about what's going on in your life. Uh, the, the next thing is frequent time with wiser people. When I'm around wiser people, it's like I see that the truth of Scripture lived out. You ever find yourself as you read something in the Bible that says this is important? I can't do that. How, how, does, how do people live that way? Well, wiser people show you practically by their life. If you're not sure of a wiser person in your life, uh, we would love to help you with that. More than likely, there is someone in your life that is wiser than you. That's a little further down the road that could help you. So if you have an issue, go to them with a question about something related to your life and see how they handle that. I encourage you to do that. It may not be a hero out there, but it may just be someone that that you're rubbing shoulders with with right now. Uh, Some additional suggestions. If if you're really interested in growing, um, the reason we have seminars here at CIV is to help you grow. We really believe that part of the mission we have is to not just come on a Sunday morning together, but really to provide resources so that when we live our life on a daily basis, we have tools to do that. So we, we offer different seminars. Um, there's information. As, as those come up, I encourage you to attend those. If you've never been to a seminar, sometimes it, it can be a little overwhelming because you feel like you won't know people. Good thing is, there's always coffee and a cookie. So if you know you don't know anyone, you just go to the corner and just sip and eat until it starts. Okay? Uh, the, the next thing is, if, if you've never read the New Christian's Handbook, it's by a guy called Max Anders. It's, it's a simple book that covers just a variety of different topics related to how to grow. Um, in fact, Fresh Start, that's going to be one of the books that we're going through. So you can jump in there and get that book as well. But I encourage you to check that out. Um, more importantly, if if you've not started reading the the Bible, begin, begin with that and then pray and, and, and watch God, um, really change, change your life. I hope this has been encouraging to you. For me, this is really a a time in my life where it's, you know what, God, you really want to move me from where I am to further down the road. So my question is, will, will you join me as we, we move forward together as a church? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word, which gives us a new angle of living life. I confess that we we often want an easier way to grow. We wish that it could be instant, but it is a process. And Thank you that you, you walk with us through the process, that we're not left to try to figure out how to grow spiritually by ourselves. Thank you that, that you're a God that actually is concerned with the, the, the small things and the big things. And for those of us that are, just feel stagnant, will you encourage us? Give us the strength to want to move forward. And even in our attitudes, if we're just kind of fed up, we, we want to, to grow in you. Give us that desire despite the way that we feel.